Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the local podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Greensburg Video. That's my video and photography company located right here on Main Street in Greensburg. If you and your company are up for some fresh ideas and some engaging content, look no further than Greensburg Video. You can check out my work at gbgvideo.net or greensburgvideo.com. My portfolio is growing daily, so you can check that out. Shoot me a message, and we'll figure out a strategy for you. Speaking of advertising, you can do that for your business right here on The Local Podcast. If you're interested in that, hit me up at thelocal724.com. Today, we have a much-anticipated show for you guys today. We're talking with Sam from the Rustic Smoke Candle Company. Here we go. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the local podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hauser. Today, we have Sam DeStefano, and uh, she is the owner of the Rustic Smoke Candle Company. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really good. Um, I kind of stumbled onto your brand through my wife. Uh, she's obsessed with your candles. And uh, I have to say they smell quite nice. Um, (laughs) Like even if we're at home or something, we're cleaning or, uh, you know, doing anything, even though our, our house might be a mess or something like that, we kind of light up those candles and it just kind of like makes everything feel good. Nice and homey. Totally. totally. Right. So I see that you're uh, in your workshop. I am. Yeah. What, uh, what are the, um, the silver pots there back there. Is that how you melt? Those are my, those are my pouring pitchers. So, um, I don't know if you can see it, but like behind me is like my big wax melter. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's crazy to be in here because I never, I kind of like never thought that this would happen, but I literally went from like pouring candles in my kitchen to now sitting in this shop that we redid whenever we moved into this house. So it's kind of, it's just kind of a crazy whirlwind of a, of a time. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's great. I'm really excited that, uh, it went the right way for you. Yeah. You started, too. uh, you started your business in 2020. Um, no, I actually started the business back in 2017. Okay. So, oh, you went, yeah. you went full time so in 2020, right? Yeah. Full time okay. in 2020. So I started it in 2017. Um, and it's, it's just been like a, you know, a slow growing process. It was no, like I always, put, I try to put like some motivational things on my Instagram page and that kind of stuff. Like just talking about how it's not always an overnight success. It's going to take time and you just have to let yourself and your products and your business just grow the way that they naturally should, um, for your own timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's important not to rush things. I feel like, you know, people go out there and they try and make moves to, to get that to speed up. And a lot of times I feel like they're, they're kind of tripping over themselves or maybe stepping on their own toes even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like the, the, one of the main things is, is don't start a business to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just do it because you love doing it. And the, the, the financial freedom will come with that as long as you just stay authentic and true to your brand and create relationships with your customers that will eventually become family and you just kind of go from there. Yeah, no, that's a great piece of advice. So whenever you, uh, you started doing candles in 2017. Yeah. 
Okay. So before that, let's, uh, let's get back to the, the, uh, the origin story of you, um, back when you were a kid, I mean, like what was, uh, what was one of the favorite things for you to do? Oh, playing tennis, playing tennis was my, my goal in life. I was going to go to the U S open Wimbledon, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I played tennis. That was like my very first job. Actually. Um, I worked for my tennis coach who in the summer times, he was a tennis pro out at the Fox Shovel Golf Club. So um, that was like my very first job. I was like the pro shop girl. I would like hit with a couple of the members, teach like little kid lessons, that kind of thing. Um, and I would start at six in the morning and then I wouldn't leave until I don't even think at that point I had my license. So he would like drive me wow. um, back home like once the day was done. But that was like my very first job. I loved playing tennis. Um, and and then whenever I went to high school, I started getting into like performing arts, um, you know, music, theater, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of tennis and singing were kind of like my two, um, big uh, extracurricular activities, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. That's really awesome. You, uh, you went to Greensburg central Catholic I did. And I'm a, a whippy old champion. <laughs> Whoa. Haven't heard that word yes. in a long time. <laughs> yes, I know. Right. I'm a, yeah. like my, um, me and my doubles partner. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was our senior year, senior, or junior year. Um, yeah, we, we, uh, won the whippy all and we finished third in the state. So that was like, like I said, tennis was like my thing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, like when you were a kid, did you, did you imagine running your own business. I mean, like you were putting in long hours there for tennis. I mean, longer oh, yeah. hours Absolutely than any kid. Not. Absolutely not. I, I, I think at that point, like, it's funny. I like think about this all the time and I'm like, I really had no idea what I even wanted to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was just always a go, go, go person. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, everybody wants to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, um, which is just kind of like standard, but like, I couldn't stand blood. So I was like, there's no way I can be a doctor <laughs> and you're out. Um, that's not going to happen. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's real interesting. I mean, like there's some people, uh, that I talked to on the show that like, they feel like they had it figured out when they were a kid. Oh, they were I absolutely like, did not. You know? I, I did not. Same here. Absolutely. I know that I wanted to start a business, um, when I was a kid, cause that, like me and my buddy, Brian, uh, and his little brother and my sister, we were always coming up with something. We were out there like shoveling snow, cutting grass, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. the Kool-Aid stands doing this, doing that. Um, and it's funny to hear that, like, you know, some of the most successful entrepreneurs that I have on the show are some of the ones that are like, nope, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Just, oh, that's you know, totally, whatever. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I had no idea. I think, um, you know, as as I grew up and as I continued to work and all that kind of stuff, um, I kind of knew, like, you know, it would be it would be really cool if I could be my own boss, because like mm-hmm. for so long you know, I worked so many different jobs. I could like probably send you a list of 20 different jobs I've worked, um, in the, in the last beat, I don't know, almost 20 years that I've, you know, been, been here. So, um, but I think in the back of my mind, I always thought it would be really cool to be your own boss. Like you make your own rules, 
do your own thing, all that kind of stuff. But, um, until I became my own boss, I saw like, Whoa, this is like hard stuff. I don't even know. Like, you know, I'm not near the point where, you know, I have 10 employees or anything like that. It's just me doing everything. Yeah. But I mean, it takes a lot of, um, regimented schedules Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, self-discipline. Yeah. To, to be able to just keep it going the way that you need to. It really is wild. Like that was kind of the, one of the first things that I realized whenever I started my business was just, uh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not one for rules. I really don't enjoy when somebody is like telling me like, Oh my gosh, Oh, you're five minutes late. Like, dude, are you going to hang that over my head? Like, are we going to fight about this? Yeah, exactly. Um, It's so stupid. And, you know, so like, I really got out of the corporate race, uh, because of things like that. Yeah. But now I'm like, so excited that I had those opportunities to like, learn that there does have to be some discipline. Do I need to be on time every day? No, I'm here at a different time every single day, but you know, if I have an appointment or I have a meeting or something like that, I'm here, I'm ready. And, uh, you know, that's exciting. So well, it's like one, of my, one of my favorite pieces of advice I ever got was um, a point in time, whenever I was working for a very small manufacturing company um, out in North Versailles, it was like literally the first job I got whenever I graduated college and I came home and, um, you know, was trying to find my way and yeah. you know, be able to fund a little bit of a social life whenever I came back. Mm-hmm. Um, money. Yeah, fear money. Exactly <laughs> right. Um, but he said to me, he said, whenever you have your own business, he was like, you're not an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. You take a lot of shit from people (laughs) (laughs) as I, as I kind of like, you know, started my own business. I could just hear him saying that in the back of my mind. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot of shit you have to deal with. Like, so you're definitely an entrepreneur (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's I'm going to steal that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh man. Um, (laughs) That's Oh God. Is that true? (laughs) Isn't it? It really is. I mean, you don't realize it until like you're, you're in it, you're deep in it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I just had a meeting earlier and I was sitting there like kind of explaining my pricing and things like that. And I was just like, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you up front what the cost is going to be. And if I go over it, then, you know, I eat that cost. Like I'm not going to come back and say like, well, Hey, I couldn't do it in this amount of time and stuff. And, uh, she was like, Oh, that's really nice of you. She was like, you probably end up screwing yourself a lot. And I was like, yeah, throughout an entire year, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. But, um, so you, uh, you were into tennis, you went to high school. Where'd you go to college? I went to West Virginia university Dang. in Morgantown. All go right. <laughs> there you go. It's a big, that's a big place down there. Oh, it's a, a huge, uh, like city ish town looking thing. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like a city in a town. Like Mm -hmm. everything, everything happens like down on high street, you know, that kind of, that kind of a thing. Oh my God. I, sometimes I wish I could go back because it was so much fun, but yeah, not sure if I could hang anymore, but no way. No way. Yeah. No way. Um, so what did you, what'd you go to college for? I went um, for vocal performance. So I studied music at the Creative um, College of Creative Arts. Nice. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. So um, 
what did you, uh, what did you end up doing with that, with that degree? So, I mean, I really, I really tried to pursue it. Um, you know, my mom, if she's going to listen to this, I'm, which I'm sure she will, she, she's going to hate me saying this, but, um, (laughs) singing and the music, um, the music side of my life. Um, it was something that I just happened to not suck at. And, um, you know, I got a full scholarship to go to WVU. And like I said, you know, tennis was my passion looking back at my life. I, even if I didn't go to school for music, I, I have no idea what I, I would have even gone to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a huge part of my life because, you know, that is what I went and got my degree for. Um, you know, I did so many shows there. I made so many friends and, um, it led me to a lot of different things in my life. Um, and obviously I've always been a creative person, so, mm-hmm. um, it really brought out that side of me. But after I graduated WVU, I auditioned at a couple of graduate programs and um, I went off to do like a young artist program out in New York. Um, And I lived in Harlem, New York for about seven months. It was so awesome. So much culture there. It was it was so cool um, just to have that experience. So I was there for about seven months. Um, and then once the program was over, I moved back home. And then um, every Friday, my dad would take me to get the mega bus on, on Friday morning, like oh. five in the morning. I would take the mega bus all the way to New York City. I would have a voice lesson for one hour and I would come back home. And um, yeah, that was like my life as I was, you know, working at Sephora. Um, that was like, you know, I was still trying to pursue it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I ended up getting accepted at Indiana university, which is obviously in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and they have a really, really good high regarded vocal performance program. Um, but something just wasn't right there. And, um, I just, I felt like I didn't want to, I, I just wasn't really into it. I didn't want to go. Um, and it was a blessing in disguise because I had auditioned a couple months prior, um, for the Pittsburgh opera chorus. And I ended up getting a call before I like signed the papers to go to Indiana in the fall, um, that I was called up to, um, sing for their season that started. So I was like, well, you know what, this is it mom and dad, I'm not going to graduate school. I'm going to sing with the Pittsburgh opera chorus. Like this is going to be so much fun. (laughs) Um, and it was, and I sang with them for almost four seasons and, um, it was a blast, a total blast, but that that's awesome. I I can't believe you were taking a mega bus for one hour uh, voice lesson. I'm like, what was I doing? (laughs) My God, Uh, Jesse and I, my wife, um, she, we rode a mega bus to New York one time. Um, and we were going to take flights and something got messed up with the the ticket transaction over on or online. I did it on my phone. Oh my gosh. And I somehow I screwed that up. And um lo and behold, we end up on a mega bus. And uh that was the worst experience of my life. The mega bus, <laughs> it was like it was it was like hit or miss. Sometimes you'd be on the mega bus, like you would just put your headphones on, just fall asleep, get there yeah. when you got there, but then other times it's like, people want to be like, you, you make a pit stop at Penn state. And then you have all yeah. these kids that are going to New York city. And it's like, uh, oh my gosh. 
Yeah, there was uh, there was one guy that was sitting up like in the the top front of the bus. So like he was like watching the whole thing like from the window, but he was on his phone the entire night. I mean, and like talking loudly, and he was on like a uh, like a Bluetooth thing. Yeah. So he's just like sitting there, like flailing his arms around, screaming. And it was not, awful. not thinking anybody else is out there listening to him. And this, this bus was full. I mean, it was packed. Oh. And uh, there was a little Chinese man right behind me. And he took his shoes off bare feet on my armrest. No. And I was like, this isn't happening. Out. This isn't happening. I hate feet. I hate I feet. Would I would freak out. So I like kind of like kept elbowing his foot off of my, <laughs> off of my armrest. And, uh, yeah, we got to New York and everything was fun. We had a blast, but uh, on the way home, we were so mean. Like we literally, like we got on the bus, we took the four person, like little table thing. Yeah. Stacked all of our bags on one side and we sat on the other and people would come by and like, look at us. And we were like, keep Sorry, walking. Sorry, it's just not happening. <laughs> keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts, yeah. man. Fuck mega bus. For real. Yes. <laughs> yes. Never again. Never again. Yeah. So why don't you uh, take us through kind of like a typical day in, in your life now? What's like, what is, what, what are you doing, uh, you know, when you get to work and, and how you end your day? Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you that I, when I, I wake up in the morning, I come downstairs, I make my pot of coffee. I let my dogs out, come back inside, put sweatpants on and a sweatshirt walk over to my shop, which is such a great commute, by the way, if you can yeah. work from home and have your own little space, it's awesome. Definitely. No traffic, no traffic. Excellent. Um, so then I come over here and I, you know, get the, get the wax going, get it melted. And, um, you know, it's, if it's a pouring day, I pour all the candles. If it's, um, not a pouring day, which is usually like every other day, um, I'll, label and get, get all of them ready to go and put on the shelves for, um, inventory and all that kind of stuff. Um, answer emails, send invoices, those kind of things, which the administrative side of my job is like, yeah, I mean, that's my least favorite part. So if you're listening to this and I haven't responded to your email, I (laughs) apologize, (laughs) but honestly, I mean, it's a lot of hands-on. I love being in here like doing physical work, like, um, you know, just in here pouring candles, I'll turn on my, uh, speaker and and just get going. Like, it's just, yeah. And then the day flies by because I'm just out here all day long, just slinging some candles. So, yeah, it's awesome. So that's your typical day. How did, uh, how did this kind of all start for you? Like, what, what were you, what were you doing? Um, well, it kind of just started, um, as a creative outlet in the Mm -hmm. evening, whenever, um, my boyfriend, Zach, um, he works in the oil field. So, I mean, sometimes his schedule still has him out on night shifts. Mm -hmm. Um, but for a very long time, whenever I first started this business, he was working night shift almost all the time. So we did not get to see each other during the week. Um, we would only see each other on the weekends and, um, it just kind of started as like a little hobby that I would do, like whenever I would get off work and like, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then I was giving the candles to my family and my friends as gifts. And then, um, 
my mom was like, you know, you should like sign up for a craft show, like do a craft show. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Like you think like I should do a craft show? And she was like, yeah, let's do a craft show. I'll help you. Like we'll, we'll do a craft show. So, um, so I did like my first craft show, um, in like Christmas time of 2017. Um, and it was at an old folks home in Greensburg. Um, and I don't think any of the people that bought my candles, unless they were like the, the assistant, like the people that were assisting the elderly people, Mm -hmm. um, could even smell. So I was like, I don't know if you really like my candles or you're just buying them because they look kind of cute. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of how, how it all got started. And then, um, I started my website and just, it it slowly grew. That's like Mm -hmm. one thing that I try to tell people all the time is just, you know, my business was not an overnight success. It has grown significantly, but slowly over the last three years. So, yeah. 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 And that's good to know. I mean, like, you know, 2017. So like, that's like when you kind of just started like experimenting and having fun, Zach's out working, you're at home and you're just trying to, you know, keep yourself busy. It's important for people to know that, you know, these like these side hustles or these like hobbies that people take on, um, you know, that is all work up until the time where you decide to take it a bit more serious. And then, you know, so nothing is really an overnight success, especially like, you know, you have to look at all the equipment behind you. You have to acquire all of that stuff. You have to have the overhead, the capital to get ahead and buy all of that. Yeah. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really, it's interesting to know that, you know, some people would think, oh, Hey, you know, yeah, I knew her and she used to sing and blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden she's like this awesome, like candle <laughs> lady. Yeah. Yeah. The candle <laughs> like, lady. The candle lady. But, um, you know, it, it is interesting to know. And that's, that's a lot of why I like to do this podcast because like, I want these stories to like come out and, you know, people need to know that you worked your ass off. You really worked hard to be able to do what you're doing now. Yeah. And I know it's not the same for every single person, every single person and business and everything like that is going to be different. But, um, I started this business with my own money. I never took out a loan. I never Mm -hmm. did anything like that. So it literally can happen for you. If you think that, you know, there's something that you're really passionate about. Like I said earlier, it has to be about your passion and your love for doing that thing, because whenever it does happen and that it does take over your life, it's going to literally consume it. So it has to be something that you you love doing every single day, even on the stressful days, whenever you are dead tired, you wake up the next day and you're just like, I get to do it again. Like, here we go again. Like it has to be like that. It can't be anything like, Oh, if I have, if I have own a small business, I can be my own boss and I can, um, you know, make a lot of money. Mm -mm. Right. It's not like that. It has to be all about what's in your heart and let it, let it go from there. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I did the same thing. I didn't take out a loan. I didn't borrow money from anybody. I just, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So like I would work and I would take a couple hundred bucks out of my account, um, you know, whenever I got my paycheck and I'd buy a new lens or, you know, and wait 
a couple more paychecks and then like take some money out of that and get uh, like a background or something like that. And, you know, that's just how things, um, I think that's honestly one of the smartest things that people can do is really just not take on that huge financial burden of a big business loan. Like they want to scale too fast. And that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's different. Like, you know, if you have a brick and mortar store that I understand, like that's, um, you know, an expense because you have to like, you know, set it all up and get that kind of going. But, um, you know, just starting small and just letting, letting it take you on the Mm -hmm. course of how your path is supposed to be. Just let it, let it go. Like just, you know, your business might be different than mine. Mine is Mm -hmm. definitely different from other people. So like the comparison and seeing somebody, um, with success, um, you know, there's a lot behind it. So for sure. Something to remember. Yeah. One thing I like to remind myself and other people who are like, you know, if they get getting down on themselves or something like that, it's just like Amazon starting in the garage. Apple oh starting in the garage. I, know. I love I love that picture of Jeff Bezos in there. And I'm right? like, yeah, it's, it's like that's what it was. Yeah, and that was so long ago. So like to think about, you know, now he is this household name. We know who he is. But I mean, that picture was taken so long ago and there he was sitting in his garage at this like, mm-hmm. you know, shitty little desk. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So it's, it's awesome to know that. But um, yeah. so you're working hard, you're doing your thing and uh, your candles are kicking ass at uh, these craft shows. Right. Yeah. So what uh, what made your candles stand apart? Um, well, I would say the biggest thing, um, at least for like the eye to catch them is the wood chip finish. Um, that is literally something I've done since my very first candle was poured, um, and cured. I know it sounds crazy, but, um, what made you even think of it? (laughs) So it's like, so funny. Um, well, I knew that I wanted to have something that set the candles apart. Like I knew I didn't want to color them. Um, I didn't want to use like certain, um, certain lids. Like I wanted to keep things very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, what, what can I do to like keep them rustic? So like my, my name, I, I love rustic things. I've always been attracted to that kind of a style and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, what can I do to make my candle like really rustic? Um, and I thought of this drink that I had at a Pittsburgh bar and it's called the smokestack and it's literally whiskey that they put a grate on top and put like whatever kind of flavor wood chips you like on top and smoke like the, the wood chips in the um, yeah. together. So I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I could like put like wood chips on the top of the candle and like, see how that, that goes. That's awesome. So, um, so then like, that's where the smoke comes in the name too. So like there's smoked wood chips. Cause some people are like, you know, I'll be at a show and they'll be like, what's a smoked candle. I'm like, it doesn't produce smoke. It's just part of right. the name. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah. Was it industry? Was that the restaurant? It was industry. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, oh. we, uh, yeah. We went, uh, we went there for my wife's birthday. Yeah. And, I love it uh, Some friends came and, and they ended up doing that. And it was, it was wild. It was such yeah. a cool thing like they uh they did it the first time they did it uh on the table and then the next time they just kept bringing them and i just but, feel um, like whenever you walk in there it's just like such a smell it it's is like, it's so nice smell, like all like the smoky like yeah. maple goodness and all that kind of stuff so um that's kind of like where 
it was inspired from. Yeah. That's awesome. The first time we got your candle and I opened it up, I mean, like the two of us, we, we like a certain smell. Like it is a, um, and I think I might've got it like from my mom's house back in the day, like something, anything that smells kind of like a sugar cookie or, um, what was it? I think it was called kitchen spice from like, uh, uh, I don't know, bed, Bath Beyond or something like that or whatever the candle Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body Works. That's what it was. My mom used to have that all all across the house. And um, so it was like kind of like that smell. And then Jess brought me uh, one of your candles and I was like, oh man, I was like, this smells just like it. This is awesome. And then when I opened it, I remember seeing like the little wood chips in there, but I thought it was like brown sugar or something. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it looks like you could eat this. Yeah. I, uh, then I later found out it was wood chips and, uh, I, I did not try it, but, yeah. um, <laughs> well, <good. laughs> yeah, it's, it's so awesome. So like to, to get your wood chips and stuff, I mean, like, are you literally just taking a piece of wood? You're shaving off, uh, you know, pieces of wood or. So I have them actually, I can like show you, but they're literally, they look like this. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. This little container. Um, and they're just like shavings of natural United States made wood trees and all that kind of stuff. So, um, everything is, you you know, from, from the U S and, um, which I, I like to keep it that way. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's kind of the the thing. And then I just torch them on the top. So once the Mm -hmm. candle's burning, um, obviously the, the wood chips will melt into the wax and, um, you'll see them at the very tiny little bottom once your candle's finished and they'll be there still. That's so awesome. So when you started doing your, your candles, uh, you've been doing this since the beginning. It's such a cool thing. Um, your, I guess your workshop, your workshop is, that's a newer thing for you. You were doing this like out of the kitchen, out of a bedroom or something. So I started pouring candles, um, and I was working, we were living in a two bedroom townhouse out in like Hunker, New Stanton. And, no, no um, yeah, yeah. Right behind like Bellaterra Vineyard. Yeah. I'm familiar with the place. That's where I was. So, um, so we were living in a, in a townhouse and I literally had a pot and one of these little, um, pouring pitchers in there and it was a double boiler. So like the, the pot had water in it. And then that is what I would put my wax in and melt it like on top of the stove. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how we got any of our security deposit back because when we, when we (laughs) left there, it was like, there was like little wax striplings, like all over the place. Yeah. Um, But that's where it started. It started like straight on the stove. Um, and then I would just pour, I could only pour, um, like six candles at a time using that thing. Wow. And so if you think about it, like, I was going to seven Springs doing autumn fest and I was still making my candles on the stove doing that. Like my very first year of autumn fest. Um, and that's like a two, three day event. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I remember like bringing what I had thinking that it was a lot and it was just like, after that Saturday, they were gone. I'm like, mom, what am I going to do? She's like, you got to go home and make more candles. So I was like, I got home from seven Springs. I like 
fired up the stove and I was yeah. like, here we go. I'm going to make more candles. Just pouring all night long. Pouring all night long. So, so is that um, a one day it, it would, it would work like that. So like you could do it at like evening time and everything would be ready by the next day. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, people out there that make candles and think that it has to cure a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously the longer that you cure the candle, like the, the stronger the scent will be at least hot throw wise. Okay. Um, but I have tested candles, um, and have burned them like within two days of me making them and they are totally fine. So it's just kind of whatever works for you. Um, but yeah, whenever I first started that, that's just like, that was my first show. And I was like, Oh my God, like I don't have anything to bring like the next day. So that's what, that's what happened. But I mean, I'm a little bit more organized with it now, but. Right. (laughs) Well, that's good. Now I I imagine you've scaled up like how many, how many you were, you were pouring six. How many are you pouring now? Oh yeah. Um, I, right now I have one, two, three, four tables full. Um, Oh my gosh. I probably pour 600 a day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a hell of yeah. a scale. <laughs> so it, oh yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I mean, even though I used to only be able to pour six at a time, I would be in there all day long, like pouring, pouring, mm-hmm. pouring, pouring, pouring. Um, so yeah. And I'm, I'm one of those people like, which is another thing that I think if you want to be your own boss, you're, you kind of have to have mm-hmm. is just, um, you have to be a little bit hard on yourself. Um, I have always been hard on myself. I had a, a woman one time, write Like a, a resume. I needed like a, a referral and she, it was like, what is a positive thing? And what's a negative thing. And she wrote the same thing for both. She was like, she oh, cares yeah. too much and she cares too much. Yep. Um, so I think that that is something that you have to, obviously you have to kind of, um, get a, it's got a balance. You kind of have to get a handle of it, but you know, if I wake up one morning and I don't get the things that I had in my mind done, um, I'm like, man, Samantha, like you could have, you could have done more today. So then I tried to like have that on my plate for the next day, but, um, you know, it just requires a lot of discipline, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. And, um, yeah, but like, if you love what you do, it's, yep. it's okay. I mean, that, that, that breaks down to a time and pe- time versus passion at that point. Oh, it's exactly. just, you know, do I want this to be absolutely perfect? And in the world of video, I need things to look a certain way, but I also yeah. then have clients saying like, we think this is awesome you're the only person that sees that minor flash or whatever. And I'm like, nah, I just, let me one more export. I was like, let me fish that and I'll send you one more. And it's sometimes it's honestly just like, it's really not worth it uh, to, to worry about, but. um, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely like, you have to balance it a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, like if there's. My camera went, I'm still here. You're fine. But yeah, so I mean, you know, if I put a, a label or a you know a sticker on a candle and it doesn't look exactly right, then mm-hmm. I burn that for myself in the house. So oh yeah, right on. I'm the one always burning like the what I call the rejects, but they're really not even rejects. But yeah. those are the ones that I have for myself. Well, that's awesome. 
that would, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. So you have like, you know, your own stash. <laughs> I do. I have my own little, little, um, little stash over here with all the ones that, um, are not perfect, nice. but <laughs> they're mine. So how do you plan on like growing your business? What's what's your plan for that? Yeah. Um, well, now that I have a larger space, um, obviously building inventory was like my number one goal, um, at least for, for this year. Um, so having more inventory, which would help me be able to ship out orders fast and quicker, get um, wholesaling orders fulfilled on time and, um, you know, quickly was was one of my main goals. Um, now, as I grow my business, I know I am going to need more help. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that so, so many people have reached out to me on Instagram, um, and on Facebook, like saying like, Hey, like whenever you're ready to hire somebody, like, I would love to come work for you. And, um, you know, I think that that's a little bit intimidating, you know, yeah. because I'm like, Oh my God, like I've always worked for someone else. I've never, and, and now I work for myself. So like, I don't, I don't really know like how to have like people working under me, but, um, but I think down the road, that's definitely something that, that will happen and it'll be fun and it'll be a, another learning process and, um, we'll just roll with that. Yeah. I think, like you said, uh, you know, like how your clients, uh, turn into family that's gonna, a small business like that is one of the greatest things in the world because, you know, you and your employees, you turn into family. I mean, like my the first small business that I worked for, um, was a video job. Yeah. And, uh, my boss was only a few months older than me. And it literally like that guy was like my brother. And, you know, even just a few uh, weeks ago, I put up on uh, Facebook, like that I moved into my new studio space yeah. and he just wrote me this email and it was just like, dude, I'm really proud of you and blah, blah, blah. And that's like such an, an, an amazing connection, you know, that we've made and stuff. And it's very cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's something that I've always felt too, is like the, the people that buy my candles, um, they, they're, they're, they're ones that, you know, they send me emails and, mm -hmm. you know, they say how much this particular candle meant to them and how they gave it as a gift for their grandmother with Grammy's kitchen and, um, that kind of a thing. And that just is like, you know, you guys are like family members. It's, there's something really different about, um, you know, whenever I was working, like, for example, at JC Penny, I remember the manager of the store came up to me and she was like, Samantha, you need to think of every single person that walks in here as a dollar sign. Yeah. And I just was disgusted by that. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. Like I'm selling, I'm not even selling my own products, but like I have relationships with these people that they'll, they'll come in and want to have me help them. And I, you know, just kind of like the entrepreneur thing. Um, that was one of those things that stuck in my mind. And I was like, I will never treat somebody like that. That is just not how I would want to be treated as a patron of someone's business. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why, you know, it's just different. I wish I could give like so many things away all the time. Um, right. but you know, it's just crazy how, how it all, how it all goes. Yeah. So you're, uh, what do we want to say here? Probably three and a half to four years in business. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what's, uh, what's some advice that you think that you would give yourself three years ago? Three years ago, what would I tell myself? Um, I'd probably tell myself that, um, things are going to grow Mm -hmm. and you can't be afraid of them. Um, growth is a really cool thing and it can also be a really scary thing. Um, and you have to be able to adapt to change and, um, to different situations, some situations that you would never think you would have to deal with, um, that you do have to deal with. And, you know, I kind of had to deal with that, um, Mm -hmm. this past year, whenever we had, (laughs) you know, Oh, there you are. Um, but whenever we were dealing with, you know, the pandemic and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. I quit my job like two weeks before and, um, you know, after that, it was like the whole world shut down and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, but people were spreading word of mouth and they Mm -hmm. were, they were home and they wanted to feel comfortable and they wanted to feel cozy and they confided in me to help with that. And that to me was just like the best feeling in the world. Um, if I can make a pandemic feel somewhat comforting for you, then I would love nothing more. Um, but that was one of the really hard adjustments. And then, you know, going through it, I was, you know, (laughs) trying to order jars and then jars were, were not available and all these products that I was used to being able to get on hand right away, were Mm -hmm. not able to be shipped or delivered. So there was significant delays and things. And I had to switch my jar and switch my lid because, if I were to wait, who knows when I would have been able to produce more product. Right. Um, so there was a lot of adjusting going on. So, um, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, things for my business um, have, there's been times where they have gone really smoothly. And I felt like that's how I knew I was on the right path because things did go easier for me than what I was pursuing previously in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like that's one of the things that you kind of know when you're on the right track, whenever things just kind of go with the flow. Um, but there are things that happen that you just can't control and you just have to be able to adapt and deal with them. Yeah, that's awesome. So talking about your creativity a little bit, um, I just kind of wanted to know like what kind of sparks your creativity, what, um, like what your, your sense, how many of those do you have? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, currently I have, um, 11 to 12 originals that I keep on hand like year Mm -hmm. round. Um, and, uh, I have my woodwicks that I'm hoping that will come back in stock here soon. Um, so I have three of those and then seasonally, I mean, fall is like my big season. It's my favorite season. So I usually release like anywhere from six to eight cents for the fall, just because I love it. And I know so many other people love it. Um, and it's so much fun because whenever I'm testing out the scents, um, it's fun doing that, but it's also fun, really fun naming them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I always try to like do something that's a little bit like more creative outside of the box whenever I'm naming them. Um, cause whenever I'm seeing people in person, they're like, Oh, what's Grammy's kitchen. What's that smell like? And then they want to lift it. And then it's like intriguing. 
Um, but yeah, so just kind of go like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I was wondering like how you come up with, you know, your specific names or, you know, like sense, um, you know, is, is this something that, you know, obviously you have a theme, you got mm-hmm. this, you know, the rustic theme and things. Yeah. Um, you know, do you think that, um, I guess like next season, you know, will you be able to come up with new things every single season? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, um, usually my big, my big two like releases are, Mm -hmm. um, like the summer, summer scents come around. So I usually have like a really good peach. Um, last year I had a watermelon scent that everybody loved, um, you know, a pair of like things that are more fruity, lighter stuff like that for the summertime. Um, and then obviously in the fall, you know, I release so many, but the cool things about it is that whenever some scents are so popular, like for example, last, um, fall, I released a scent called cozy mm-hmm. and that one did so well that I just ended up keeping it year round because everyone was like, please don't get rid of it. Please don't get rid of it. And I was like, <laughs> Okay. If you, if you don't want me to get rid of it, I won't, but there's like certain sense, like, you know, my mountain pine magic, which comes around in the winter time, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's just one of those ones that you can wait until Christmas time to grab that sense. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see like what people's noses are like going toward. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for real. I mean, like I, um, I think my wife met you at the Ligonier County market Yes, country yes. market or yeah. Yeah. The Ligonier country market. It's um, she came home with these candles and she was like, you've got to like <laughs> busting through the door. And she's like, you've got to smell this. And like, because I, like I said earlier, like we really like our house to smell like a certain way. It's, it's right. just comforting. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm smelling these and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is really great. This is really great. And um yeah, it was just like, and then when I was, you know, looking through your website, cause she allows me to pick one <laughs> and then she'll pick like, I don't know, one or two or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so, but, um, I am a big fan of like the pine and stuff and, oh, yeah. uh, she is kind of not. So we have to like, you know, sometimes those candles end up in my office, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's you like, do yeah, a really I'm great job. There glad that you brought up the Lake near country market because mm-hmm. that was like one that was like the highlight of my year this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for the Lake near country market, I would not have been able to gain as much exposure personal wise, um, as I was able to, because, you know, all the other events that I had signed up for, unfortunately were canceled. So yeah. it was a really good way for, um, you know, me to kind of get out there and, um, for people to be able to, to see my products in person and to smell them and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super grateful for, for the market that was able to, um, continue to go on because that was a game changer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my last question actually is just kind of what is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? My favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur, um, just honestly being able to connect with people, um, on 
a business level and mm-hmm. on a personal level. Um, like I said, being able to put a product out there that makes somebody feel good. Um, that to me is just that my life is complete because, yeah. you know, I'm making something that I put in a lot of work, um, by producing this product and be, because it makes you feel comforted and cozy. And now you have to buy seven of that certain scent at one time. Right. Yeah. I love it. It's like, it that's, that just, it's, it's the best feeling. I mean, hearing how much people love your product, um, is, is awesome, but whenever it makes them feel good, um, it makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like I truly have a purpose, um, and what I'm doing, whether it's just something as small as candle making. So it's just, I'm really grateful for it. Right on. That's awesome. I'm really glad that things are going very well for you. And like we said earlier, this wasn't like an overnight thing, you know, uh, you've been working your ass up for it. So it's great to see that, you know, things are going well for you. Thank you very much. Thank absolutely. you for having me on. For sure. Absolutely. Where can, um, where can people find you? Oh, you, you got can your, find me on your website. Instagram. Yeah. Find me on Instagram, RS Candle Co. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Rustic Smoke Candle Co. And then online, rusticsmokecandleco.com. Awesome. Very cool. All right, Sam. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. There goes Sam Stefano of the Rustic Smoke Candle Company. You can check them out online at rusticsmokecandleco.com. And uh, same for Facebook, Rustic Smoke Candle Co. on Facebook there. And uh, definitely check them out on Instagram as well. You'll be happy that you did. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button, please. It really does help spread the word for these local businesses and this very podcast. So it's very important that you do that. I'll see you next week for a new episode.